Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Elba, and I'm an extreme extrovert. Ooh, you know when you microwave something in the microwave and it's like hot as fuck? Ooh, but you also don't want to, you know, you're too lazy to go get a glove. <laughs> oh, God, hot. Anyway, I'm eating a breakfast burrito. I don't usually um, eat, like junk food for breakfast but um i was kind of running late and so i was like you know i might as well treat myself with a nice breakfast burrito nice nice breakfast burrito (laughs) um you know this weekend um was a pretty good weekend for me i was very very happy i got to see some of my friends from out of town and you know um, when I usually see my friends out of town, I, um, I, I just love hanging out with my friends. I rarely see them. Where, you know, it's an interesting thing. When you get older, um, you really don't get to see your friends that often because, you know, you're all adults. You're all either hanging out with your kids, um, you know, studying, working. I work all the time, so, <laughs> kind of said, um... But, yeah, you rarely see your friends when you get old, I feel like. Um, but some friends you just prioritize and continue seeing throughout your life. And it's kind of nice. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't eat my burrito <laughs> during this podcast. Um, I just wanted to sneak in a teeny bite. But, yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun hanging out with people. Um, it was a pretty productive sober from alcohol um, weekend. And, you know, I did feel a little bit triggered uh, at one point. And for me, um, the physical trigger is more like a feeling. Oh, feelings are really important, I feel like, because it helps us really greatly understand um, what's important to us. But, um, like I had said in my other podcast that kind of talked about thoughts, you know, um, feelings can be overpowering too, and they can also kind of misguide us. I know that when I feel angry, i angry, upset, annoyed, anything that's other than like happy or comfortable easy to get kind of um, stuck in that emotion sometimes and like just kind of taking deep breaths and going in the moment that's what I really have to focus on Um, this weekend I did get an anxiety like a feeling of anxiety like irritation and I took my deep breaths wasn't going away Um, I walked around my work (laughs) that wasn't going away Um, Sometimes you kind of just have to use the idea of distraction. At that point, you know, I I didn't really know why um, I was having an emotion. My diagnosis that I um, recently, I guess, got diagnosed with is an adjustment disorder. 
And I, I still don't really understand exactly what that is. Sometimes when you go through a rehabilitation center, they have to diagnose you with something um, in regards um, to insurance. Just so that the insurance can be like, okay, why are you here in the rehabilitation or in the rehab program, you know, for any reason. And adjustment disorder is kind of like the lightest sentence, (laughs) sentence, lightest medical, like, diagnosis, really, you know, because when you diagnose someone with depression or anxiety, um, you know, schizophrenia, um, psychosis, anything like that, it really, um, is a big thing. It it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, gonna be productive and be a successful person in your life. That does not mean that. But it just means that, you know, in regards to insurance, you know, you're if you have a diagnosis of like depression or anxiety, they're gonna, you know, throw your life in the medical you're in your medical records. You know, you're gonna get aid with those kind of medications. And for me, Adjustment to disorder makes a lot more sense because when things change, when things, um, I'm a very, uh, I'm a very perfect, perfectionist and I always strive to be like perfect and good and successful at things to the point where sometimes if I have a idea of how I want to do it, um, it, uh, if it doesn't go my way, I get really upset (laughs) and discouraged and uh, in the past when I would get upset and discouraged I would be like you know it was so uncomfortable that I was like you know what fuck I guess I'll go to the bar and just kind of drink but (laughs) that's not an option for me Um, so yeah Anyway, so I was trying to pace around, trying to figure out. I didn't really know why the emotion was uh, occurring. I was just randomly at work, and I got, like, a anxiety, um, you know, felt like that, you know, lump in your throat, like you want to cry, but you also want to punch someone in the face. Can't really explain. <laughs> it just comes randomly. And so, um... You know, after all that, I try. At first, I tried to figure it out. I was like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Is it because I, you know, want to say this or I want to do that? And um, you know, it wasn't working. Nothing. None of my tactics were working. So, the only thing I could really think of is just distraction. I somebody um, at my work asked me um, for some kind of an assistance, and honestly, I just kind of rolled with the flow and eventually got in a better mood. Kind of just. Um, moved on, not moved on, I I tried to steer away from that phrase, Um, I moved through it, Um, so yeah, (laughs) and I think that with the triggers to the physical triggers, I did feel one moment where I was like feeling my throat get really tight, Um, when I would feel this kind of discomfort before, alcohol really kind of soothed it, it doesn't soothe anything else, but it definitely soothed the um, physical of my throat being tight. Um, like, stressed. Um, and now, um, I use, like, ice water. 
Um, sometimes when I'm really stressed, I kind of like massage my neck to get that out because that uh, tension, my stress, fits there, sticks there. And I and definitely with sobriety, throughout my sobriety, um, that feeling just kind of sometimes feels really um, big because um, before I, you know, would just use a substance to kind of ignore it. And now I kind of have to cope through it in a different way. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, that, that was an interesting um, dynamic. And I'm glad I stayed sober. <sighs> you know, I lately um, I've been just kind of thinking a lot about um, addictions in general. And I think that I really do agree that uh, the mind is really powerful. I really do agree that your thoughts kind of control your life. They do. Um, The way that you think, the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you talk to others, the things that you, you know, perceive in your mind um, and project onto the universe, you know, it kind of shows what life you're going to have. Obviously, bad you can't avoid bad things always happening, but it's definitely true, like, you know, how trying to view a certain situation. For example, um, this is just an example, but for example, like, um, some of my friends were out, right? And at first, I was at home, kind of feeling sad, because I was like, oh, I can't hang out with my friends the way that I used to. And that was sad to me. Um, But then I kind of had to force myself to switch my mind. I kind of had to force myself to like take a deep breath, stand back and be like, you know what? It's okay. I'll hang out with my friends when they come over. Um, I will, you know, I'll enjoy the time that I am at home. Because I was working and it was relaxing to sit down and watch TV for a little bit, you know. And just sometimes you got to just force your brain to just think another way. Because, you know, some some things are a little bit more understandable than others. I don't believe, I don't know if I believe necessarily, like, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm kind of thinking aloud. But I read this story in one of the books, um, The Principle of Serenity. And there was a story about this guy who survived the Holocaust, right? And the Holocaust is a big deal. (laughs) Like, if you know anybody who's survived, very few now, I think, um, or, you know, had known anybody that had gone through that experience... It is such a devastating and, um, I'm sure, life-impacting um, experience <laughs> that, you know, once that something happens like that to you, I'm sure you view the world in a different sense. I definitely would, I'm sure. But there was a story about this one guy. And, you know, I don't really believe in miracles. I don't believe in, like certain things. I'm a very huge skeptic. I'm a person that likes to see it first before I believe it. But 
I thought this was very interesting. Okay, so he was in the Holocaust. He was one. Of, he was in Auschwitz, and um, they compared to the other prisoners that were there when they came and um, saved some of the people there, or you know, liberated the camps. They noticed that this guy seemed a lot healthier than all the other people. And they were like, oh, he must have just got here. And the man goes on and describes that he saw something, like the most horrendous thing that you could ever imagine. You know, they killed his family in front of his eyes. And this is the most, like... From the level of 1 to 100, this is like 215. Like, this is the worst thing that anyone could endure, I feel. And he explains that, like, the first emotions that he experienced, obviously rage, anger, revenge, you know, who wouldn't? Um, And then something clicked He said, something clicked in him and he said, you know what, I refuse to live my life in this, like this, this painful, um, in this tragic events. So he decides to help the other people in the camp. He devotes his time at the camp trying to help other people survive. And this is crazy, this is amazing, like, I don't understand how either strong or just, like, I don't know what happened. Like, it's almost like a miracle to me. And I'm not a religious person, but I feel like changing your mindset in such a horrendous situation, that that really takes strength. And he looked physically and emotionally, like, healthier compared to the other people that were in the camp and um it kind of just proves i guess the book's theory the principle the serenity principle principle of serenity sorry (laughs) the principle of serenity um yeah it kind of proves um the point of the book um that you know changing your mindset changing the way that you view life um kind of affects you inside it out and I've just been really trying to challenge this idea I've been really trying to um, you know every day waking up and um, reciting my verses um, my verses bible verses (laughs) sorry I'm not religious so um, if if you think this is, like, crude, if I make a side comment, like, oh, you know, I, I don't mean to be uh, disrespectful, I respect everybody's religions, um, but it's just something that I don't um, identify with. Um, and that's why I really like the Alcohol's Anonymous book by Will W., because he, you know, he, he talks about religion and how, you know, alcoholics... Uh, most addicts and most alcoholics that are successful in their sobriety um, kind of develop a purpose, you know. Um, and I find this kind of in myself. Um, 
through rehab I find a purpose in sharing uh, the things that I've learned because I know that not everyone has access um, to the information and or doesn't have access right now and I I feel per- personally um, I, I personally feel for that um, analogy in the book where it's like you know if you're an addict you find a purpose whether or not to help others in their addiction um, you know become spiritual some people become spiritual some people become religious um, I kind of feel a little bit more spiritual um, but everyone's thing is the same and every day I like to like you know light my candles and set out my crystals um, beautiful things that I find very beautiful flowers crystals um, things like that um, and anyway I always recite, like, I will be sober today because I love my family. Because I respect others and I respect myself. Um, I love myself and I prioritize health and prosperity. I am sober today because I am growing and I continue to grow. I am sober today because I face challenges with a clear mind. I know that even if though I am tempted... It is the I have the power over my life and have the power over my thoughts. I am sober today because I am control. I am in control of my thoughts. I am in control of my destiny. I am thankful for my struggle because it makes me strong, and it makes me sympathetic. It makes me understand others. And I truly believe that you can't. Someone cannot be helped unless someone truly, truly understands their struggle. And that's how I feel like we bond, you know? Because, like, when others go through the same thing as you, you can talk through it with them. And they feel like, you know, they feel like they're not alone. At least for me. And um, I just really want to prioritize that if you're going through an addiction, if you're an alcoholic you're not alone and i that's the most dangerous thought sometimes we always think we're so special <laughs> you're not special just kidding just kidding everyone's special in their own way but um in regards to addiction you ain't that special everyone so, lots of people have addictions um but that's also the beautiful thing about it too because then you're not alone you know you're not an oddball you're not a alien um you know you just have a substance use disorder. Um, that is one of my other um, diagnoses. Adjustment um, adjustment disorder and um, substance use disorder. And it's pretty common for some people. I'm not really sure about the statistics. You know, maybe I'll look them up sometime and share them on one of the podcasts. But, yeah. I... Just know you're not alone in this. You won't be. And there's a lot of people that love you too. I care for you. And if you're trying to be sober, if you're supporting somebody who's sober, um, I support you. I hope you're the best. And I appreciate you. I also greatly appreciate everybody who's been listening to my podcast. And I hope that today... 
um, you do something calm for yourself. Um, let yourself know that you appreciate your body. You love yourself. Um, do something nice. Um, have some breakfast. Make sure to drink some water. If you can't do some of these things, just give yourself a positive reassurance. You can do it. And with that, have the safest, safest, safest of travels. Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is La Vialva, and I'm an extreme extrovert. <coughs> Let me clear my throat. <coughs> Sorry. Sometimes when the weather gets really, really kind of... Um, how do I explain it? When it gets kind of wishy-washy, like, you know, when it's snowing and raining and... <clears throat> God, I really get those damn allergies sometimes. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's been pretty rainy here in Minneapolis. Um, and then um, yesterday it snowed. So, as you can tell, my allergies are pretty crazy right now. Um, I'm pretty excited... I'm getting my second vaccine today, so we'll see how that goes. You know, a lot of people have been saying like, oh, you know, I felt sick, um, I couldn't go back to work, I had to take a few days off. Some people say that it's not even that bad. I'm taking, uh, I think it's called Moderna, and so, you know, I've heard mixed reviews. We'll see how it goes, but most people have been getting vaccinated, and I know from the beginning I kind of was skeptical and I was like I'm not sure if I'm going to get vaccinated because you know everyone I'm sure has their skeptics about certain things but me I was like you know the government is not really trustworthy I don't know if I want to put my health at risk maybe it's an experiment maybe it's something that you know they're just testing out and I know you know Many reasons to why people wouldn't want to be particularly vac- particularly vaccinated, um, but science always wins. I I believe in science, and science won in this situation. So I am getting the vac- my second vaccine, and I'll be all ready, and you know, vaccinated, and. That's just a very exciting thing to do because um, I know personally the COVID has really changed a lot of things um, socially, environmentally. And so getting vaccinated, I feel like, is one step closer to um, getting back to our lives maybe before COVID. I don't think it'll ever go away. I don't think that, um, you know, life will ever be the same as before COVID. But it'll be a little bit um, similar in the fact that, you know, if people are vaccinated, people will be able to go to concerts and movie theaters and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I just wanted to start out this podcast saying that I hope that everyone um, takes some time to... um, really do some self-care today especially in Minneapolis there's been a lot going on especially with the with the Dante Wright um, situation 
with um, George Floyd. The trials are still going on. And emotions are really high. It can be really frustrating. Um, As a person that lives in Minneapolis, it's very frustrating because in Minneapolis, we have a huge population of people that resemble um, these men that are getting murdered. We have um, black families. We have black mixed families. We have communities. And um, it's just um, really getting old. It's getting um, really irritating that uh, our common day citizens really have to work hard to reassure that our black citizens are safe. And it's not because of the black citizens in particular in Minneapolis. It's because of the police officers that apparently have to update their training. <clears throat> I was talking to a friend this weekend. Um, and it I really believe that the issue here is that the police force and their trainings are very outdated. Um, There has been a lot of accidents like this. Um, One too many times, a few too many times. Um, And it's, I think, the most astonishing thing about it all is that if I were to make a mistake, a significant mistake at my job as a teacher, if I were to make a significant mistake, mistake that resulted in someone dying. I don't think most of us would have our jobs. Most of us would not be pardoned. Most of us would not even have a chance to even further our career or continue our career. And I think that it is good to note that there is a problem in the way that police officers are being trained in Minneapolis. Because these mistakes have been happening over and over and over. And I really hope that the force, the police force in Minneapolis, somehow, whether it's through the understanding of riots, through the understanding of protests, through the understanding of changing policies, government policies, um, state policies, whatever it needs to be, I hope that they realize that there is a fault in their system and in their training, and it really needs to be updated. Because this is something that most people in Minneapolis are very irritated about and sick about. Um... This is this is shouldn't happen, and the reason why um, these things shouldn't happen is because there is no use for these things. There is no purpose for targeting a particular group of people. In in fact, it's quite insidious. In fact, it's quite inhumane. It's unreasonable. There is no reason for this to happen. And I am an optimistic person, I'm a hopeful person, and I really truly believe that things 
will get better and things will change. I know a lot of people feel devastated because they're like, you know, the black community has, and as well as other minorities, but right now we're dealing, we're we're focusing on the black community just because this is more significant, so more in media right now than other communities. But there are minorities that also um, are targets for prejudice and inequality. However, there's been history and there has been years of segregation, slavery, racism, and it really truly hasn't been fixed. And that's why I think we really have to fix it within the roots of our government because the reason for that is not enough people obviously are aware of this issue. I can pretty much speak for the city of Minneapolis that we are damn tired. We are tired of this. This is an issue that makes no damn sense in my brain. It makes no sense to why you are going to treat one person better than another for no significant reason. It makes no logical sense. It's like me saying... Okay, I have a green piece of paper and a blue piece of paper, but I like blue better, so I'm going to keep the blue piece of paper and rip up the green piece of paper, because green is just ugly. Like, what? That Logically, that makes no sense, because they're both pieces of paper. They both have the same qualities. They both have the same purpose. One person uh, messaged me the other day, and... um. They came up with an argument saying that all men were not created equal. And for me personally, I will disagree. Because race is an important thing to see. We need race. If we didn't have race, we wouldn't understand people. It's important to have different races. It's important to have different customs. It's important to have different languages. If we were not aware of these things, how would you make friends? If you tried to talk to someone who spoke Spanish and you didn't know Spanish, there would be no way that we could communicate with them. You know, if someone is Muslim and you ask them, hey, during Ramadan, if they would like to go get brunch... And they say no, and you don't understand. You're like, oh, what a dick. He doesn't want to get brunch with me. No, it's Ramadan. He can't eat brunch. He can't eat at noon. It's better to it's better to have these differences. If you're a doctor, it's important to know whether your patient is white or black. Black men sometimes have higher cholesterol. It's just in their genes. It's important. Their race is extraordinarily important for many reasons, but it is not important in the way to segregate people. Men do not look equal. There is no man that looks the same. There are all different sizes, all different shades, all different religions, all different identities. But one thing I know for sure is that men are created equal. You know why? Because as humans, it is our human right to have love 
It is our human right to succeed. It is our human right to desire peace. It is our human right to have dreams. It is our human right to live and to thrive. All men are created equal in the state that every man deserves happiness. When you're born out of your mother's womb, you're not created a criminal. You're not created an addict. You're not created a bad person. Yes, you might have defects. Yeah, your mother might have been an addict. Um, Yes, you might be losing a limb. But as a child, when you are born, everyone has the right to life. And everyone has a right for that chance. And with that, with those particular situations, we are equal. And for those who are marching, for those who are coping, for those who are working hard to better their environment, to better, to better the black community and their black family, their sisters, their brothers, and their families. My heart goes out to you. I hope that you are safe and that I hope that justice will be served. Because I know that love will win. It always does. I'm not sure if I will see much change in my lifetime, but I know it will happen. I know it will. And it gives me the peace of mind to know that there are people in Minneapolis that fight every day for the rights of people like George Floyd, for the rights and the humanity of people like Dante Wright. You can have your opinions about the looters and about the people that steal. But there are good people. But there is a point in time when people do get frustrated and get tired. And frankly, I believe Minneapolis is getting tired. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest because it is not something that I like to hold on to. I started watching the trials, um, George Floyd's trials, um, not his trials, but the murder of George Floyd, the trials, the Siobhan trial. And, um, I just had to stop for a little bit, (laughs) taking a break from that, just for my own well-being. And I think that everyone, um, should do the same. Not, you don't have to, you know, quit, um, you know, watching the trials or anything, but, um, just do something that's nice for yourself. Just take a deep breath. Um, find something that is beautiful around you. Find something that you like, something that makes you feel happy, something that makes you feel safe. Because it is a very tough time in Minneapolis right now, and there are high emotions. 
hug someone that you love. Spend time with people that care and appreciate you. Spend time with those that look at you with greatness and support you. If you don't have these people right now, look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. Make yourself look good. Dress nice. Do something that gives yourself some purpose. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling scared, hold your head high. Because you are worth something. The world will tell you many things. The world will tell you many, many things. But you are strong. We are strong. And we deserve to be happy. Whether we are addicts, whether we are criminals, whether we have done wrong, whether we have made mistakes, we deserve success and we deserve happiness. So do something nice for yourself, please. I was going to read um, a poem today about relapse. Um, I don't want... Um, Alright, so welcome to part two. Um, as I was saying, I was going to read a poem uh, this morning about my um, the myths of recovery. Um, I was going to change my mind because I wanted to keep the... Um, the feeling kind of light this morning but um after i had a little time um to reflect i actually think i will share the poem okay so yes thanks for um coming to part two um i had to finish up some things after part one something came up but um here i will give you the poem that I read from The Serenity Principle, Finding Inner Peace and Recovery by Joseph V. Joseph v. Bailey. V like via. V like me. <laughs> so again, it is The Serenity Principle, Finding Inner Peace and Recovery by Joseph V. Bailey. Do you have a label for me that says just who I am? Do you know what's deep inside and somewhere I have been? Can you see past the teardrops and into my heart and realize that I just don't know where to start? Will you watch me change and will you watch me grow and see my candle really glow? Can you imagine what it feels like to be me when all I really want is to be? So you have given me this label that says sometimes I am unstable, but you never bothered to look inside. And see that all I wanted to do was hide. I'm not really who you think I am. But if you took a moment to hold my hand, I think it would help you to understand. You see, we are all just learning. Each and every day. And things are always changing. Please help me find my way. I may have made many mistakes, but... It's just because I didn't know how to quiet my busy mind and listen softly to my soul. I like this poem because when I first was going through my uh, recovery, um, starting in 2017, I really did feel that, um, you know, 
being an addict was something that um, made your life significantly harder. Just because, you know, you always think that people will look at you a certain way and think certain things, think that you are incapable. And um, I think the poem in itself kind of describes the inner conflict. That's the thing about um, alcoholics, I believe. That there's always a sense of guilt. I feel like everyone has this kind of toxic sense of guilt where you kind of rack up all the things that you've done wrong and you think to yourself, oh man, because I've done all these things wrong, this is like a point system to my self-value. But it's kind of interesting how in society we don't always think of the things that are right. We don't always measure the things that we accomplish. And I believe that the human being is a very miraculous thing. I think that people are capable of doing miraculous things. I think that sometimes it is easy to get caught up in stress. And kind of this loss of conscious awareness, um, this perception that thoughts and feelings are real in our present day. It's very interesting because um, I went, there's this place in uh, Minneapolis called the Continuum Center. Continuum Center. It's on Hennepin. Um, Anybody that knows Minneapolis kind of knows Hennepin. Um, It's in Uptown. And Hennepin is a very busy street. Um, If you're not sure or or have never been to Minneapolis, Hennepin is a place where um, in the summertime you walk down the street, there's buses, there's cars, lots of traffic usually, bars, restaurants, um, and it's it's a really fun place for all sorts of people. You see people at coffee shops with their dogs, um, you know, there's a liquor store, there's grocery stores, all sorts of things. There's even a mall. Um, it's called Calhoun Square, and um, it's really close to the Bidet Makaska Lake. And the Greenway, if anybody knows what the Greenway is, it is uh, it's like a little path that people can safely ride their bikes, walk, um, without really um, getting stuck in traffic. And a lot of people like to use the Greenway because, you know, not only does it avoid traffic, but it's a nice scenic route and it's a safe way to get around the city. Anyway. So, at this place that I went to, the Continuum Center, it has an exhibit. And the exhibit kind of... um, illustrates the difference between the left hemisphere of the brain and the right hemisphere of the brain. And, um, in one of the, it, it has like little, um, little stands with little posters of information and it's numbered one through, I can't remember, 13 or something. It's like, and you have to go in order for it to really make a lot of sense. And on one of the slides, 
this woman talks about her she she had a stroke and for eight years her um right side of the brain was not really working so she really relied on the left side of her brain and um anybody that really knows about the hemispheres of the brain the left side and the right side um kind of do different things so let's see in regards to thinking left-brained people are like more logic analytical objective they kind of work inter like intertwined like they intertwine mostly for most people um and most people use all people use both sides of their brain um some people lean more towards one side than the other but it doesn't necessarily mean you're like left-brained or right-brained i i think that people kind of say that because they um you know it, it's it just one way to um label people i think and the right side of the brain is more thoughtful objective intuitive and anyway so when she was so focused on one side of her brain um she really experienced life in a different sense and so this really got me thinking about thoughts and beliefs and how much they create a reality for us in our modern day life um in this exhibit the the reason for this short rant is to bring up um one of the slides that said those individuals who witness abuse witness violence they're less likely to express empathy and sympathy for others um i don't know how much scientific fact was behind this but it kind of got me thinking i was like huh that's an interesting analogy that's a different that's an interesting observation it's an interesting thought so if you experience abuse as a young child it's harder especially between people that you love and you trust it's hard to sympathize and empathize with others and going back to the theory of um well this is not a theory but going back to um what is going on in Minneapolis right now in regards to our black citizens and how they are being mistreated maybe there is an underlining cause maybe people are not getting these examples of love maybe they're not getting examples of compassion especially empathy and sympathy cuz in order to murder murder someone in broad daylight you definitely can't have any remorse you definitely can't have any mercy and this is a problem within society 
this is an underlying issue. Uh, the cause of this issue, I'm not sure, but I'm determined to figure it out. Anyway, sorry, my you know where my brain is. I I'm constantly thinking about how we can better this world and how we can better people's understanding not only about common day people in regards to race but importantly before all this um became so significant in media i think it's important to be aware that life is meant to be enjoyable. I strongly believe that life is meant to be pleasant. It's meant to be happy. It's meant to have good qualities. And when these qualities are threatened, this is where we get stress. This is where we get into the cycle of stress. This is where we can get in the cycle of addiction. Because our mind is so powerful and it distorts our our understanding of the world. If you think negative thoughts, if you think and enhance or dwell on these negative emotions a rainbow is going to look gray it makes sense and i think that this is a dilemma not only for people that are going through addiction but in our society in general <sighs> i could go on and on about this guys but you know got to focus on the now and on what we can do now to benefit our lives and i think that really focusing on yourself and bettering oneself understanding our emotions understanding our thoughts being in control of those negative emotions and our negative thoughts will really benefit us to have the capability and room to care for others i think it's important to care about ourselves every day i try to do something for myself cuz when i am in a good state of mind it is easier for me to listen to others when i am in a clear state of mind when i am happy when i am comfortable when i am safe it is easier to listen to the stress of others it is easier to be empathetic it is easier to be sympathetic it is easier to have the ability to care for another person and it's so true when people say you have to care for yourself you have to love yourself before you love others because if you have such rage and misunderstanding of your own self 
if you don't stand up for your own boundaries, life is going to be hard. Caring and loving and being appreciative is going to be hard. And I... I won't cover this so much in my next podcast. But I just really needed to get that out there because, you know, this is what is going on in in Minneapolis. Yes, my podcast is about myself and my... um journeys as an extreme extrovert but it is important to know that this is what is happening in my city a beautiful city a strong city a resilient city a diverse city a city that holds many people holds many valuable 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 people holds families Holds politicians, holds doctors, holds very important people. But that is definitely lingering in the back of my mind. Next podcast, I'll probably um, finish up the um, the myths of. Um, preventing relapse and addiction and yeah I'll try to keep it light because we need some light 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 energy (laughs) flowing to us and with that I'm gonna go but please 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 do something nice for yourself today hold your head up high And know that you are valuable. You are valuable. See, I I say this all the time. Okay, growing up with bilingual parents, you get kind of messed up. (laughs) Sometimes you know English, but sometimes... (laughs) Sometimes you just say the words wrong. I I found out recently, um, I used to always say develop. And it's develop, like when you develop an allergy. Yeah. If if yeah, having bilingual parents sometimes that's a struggle. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's it's beautiful, but um yeah. Sometimes people are like, "Do you speak English? Is English your first language?" Yes, it is my first language, but unfortunately the person that's well, fortunately and unfortunately, the person that taught me English, their uh language was not English. So <laughs> I know English, but sometimes the pronunciation is wrong. <laughs> anyway, Anyway, I love my parents. I love them. I respect them. Um, But yeah, that's just the truth. Anyway, sorry to be sidetracked. Um, Hopefully everyone has a great day. Um, Have a safe day. Um, Stick to the present. And have the safest, safest, safest of travels.